1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy.
2: Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
3: I see my name in shiny lights, yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better prepare. For when I'm a billionaire
2: At Klein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information. Some amazing, amazing guests. We're going to kick it off with the very first amazing guest, uh, but a longtime friend and trusted colleague, Mr. Howard Suss. Howard, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, how are you doing, Shalom?
2: I am great, even more great now that I have you on the line, and as you and I were just saying a couple of days ago, this is so long overdue because, as I just mentioned, you are a trusted colleague and advisor. Uh, you've, uh, you've been a good friend in the community and uh, certainly really, really good at what you do, so we're going to talk a little bit about everything, community and what you do. How about that? Excellent. So um, I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone, um, so Howard, if you don't mind, tell our listeners a little bit about you.
4: Okay, well, first of all, I appreciate you, you know, you're calling me Howard, and, and many people know me as Howard, and many people know me as Chaim, um, and, e- you know, either one is fine, um, you know, so that's, that's first and, and foremost, that's number one. Uh, number two, Shalom, you and I go back, I want to say, many, many, many years, and I think it started with when you, guys, when you were renting in my office, right? Is, is, is that how it started?
2: Absolutely, when, and, uh, and I'm thankful for every day that you didn't evict us. Thank you.
4: <laughs> we didn't evict you. Believe me, we would never have you. You guys are the best. So, you were in my office, and then uh, we started a networking group together. Right. Um, this is going back probably about 10 years. And, well, actually, I started the networking group. It was in the Wi Fi building in, in the building that we worked in, in Skokie. And then I believe your dad said, you know, this is a great, you know, your dad would come. We'd meet every week uh, 20 to 30 business owners, small business owners, in, you know, in the Skokie and the Chicagoland area. Uh, some other suburbs as well. And I, I remember your dad coming over to me after like maybe the third or fourth or fifth meeting and saying, you know, my son, Shalom, he, he's living in New York now, but he's going to be moving back to Chicago. And I think he'd really be interested in, in bringing this to the next level. And I said, absolutely, that would be great. And then, and then you came in and, and, and took it over. And then, you know, you brought it to thousands, probably thousands of people over time.
2: Yeah and you know I I appreciate that and you know really good memories and it's 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 crazy because that was in uh 2010 ish um in the midst of unfortunately an economy very similar to the one that we're in right now um lots of people struggling and certainly those same principles hold true and I know that the one thing that has remained throughout is uh, your commitments to uh whether it's businesses or individuals and families um and uh, that has continued over the course of those uh long 10-plus years that uh, that we've had the good fortune to collaborate. So I appreciate that. Thank you.
4: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And you live in Chicago. You've got a beautiful, beautiful family. Can you tell us about them?
4: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yep, we uh, live in Chicago. We actually live within about a mile of Chicago, of Skokie, Evanston, and Lincolnwood. And But we actually live in Chicago. And our office is in, like as I mentioned, for the Wi-Fi building. I'm not sure if listeners are familiar with that building, but uh, Shalom, do you, are you? Yeah, have you talked about that? Yeah, yeah, we
2: have. We have talked about it. I think uh, a bunch yeah. of years ago, I had Jake Weiss on, uh, the owner of the building, and okay. so it's a, it's a great building, great, uh, many, many businesses, and. And you know the reason um, I bring up about your family, uh, Howard is is or Chaim, uh, is uh, because I, I know that obviously <laughs> to make, are, you
4: call me Chaim and I'll call you Shalom. There we God, go. There we go. Indeed. There we go. I appreciate
2: go it. Ahead. So I I know that uh, first of all I, I know your your entire family and it's a beautiful family and and certainly yeah. that contributes especially in the line of work that you are in. Um, that, uh, you are very relatable. So let's start to talk a little bit about that. And, um, you have, uh, you have been a, uh, an excellent advisor to, uh, to our family, um, as it relates to, uh, well, I know that you, you work on a number with a number of different solutions, um, for whether it's individuals, businesses, and so on. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do professionally?
4: Sure. Absolutely. So should I skip the part about my family or should
2: we? Uh, well, please tell us whatever you'd like to share.
4: Okay. Well, you know, we have we. My wife Shalom and I. We have six children, uh, and two are married. Our third child just actually moved back to New York and is in school in New York. Our ch- our number four, Shimi. He lives in a residential school in Cleveland. He has Down syndrome and autism, and which, by the way, has brought us together, Shalom, in many ways in our work together in with special with individuals with special needs. So we've, we've worked together in different organizations and uh, I've worked a lot with individuals with special needs and their families in financial planning. And oh, by the way, just for, you know, just the compliance thing, obviously, first of all, we're not going to get that, you know, I talk any specific recommendations or anything like that, obviously. Uh, and I do have to say that I, my broker dealer uh, who I work with in the area of securities and investing is Park Avenue Securities and with insurance. I'm affiliated with Guardian Insurance Company. Obviously everything I say today is not necessarily going to be a reflection of what you know the company says. It just we'll just be talking you know general and, and so on and so forth. Completely understand. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so that's that's as far as so as far as Shimmy goes, he's living in a residential school, which is an awesome, awesome place. And you and I have talked about that many times. And uh, then we have two younger children, one beginning high school and one is uh, she's starting sixth grade. Um, is, is it going to be in person via Zoom? Half and half. It's all, all remains to be seen as we've obviously been talking about for a long time.
2: Absolutely. What a crazy time that we are in. Uh, what a crazy, crazy time. But, um, yeah, I appreciate the the, uh, the explanation on on family, which I know is uh, is a uh, way more a part of who you are than uh, than what you do. But um, I know that you have a lot of satisfaction from helping, whether it's uh, folks like me, which I'm. Uh, I, I cannot recommend uh, Chaim uh, all that you do enough. Um, but also, so many of the people that I've uh, interacted with, I cannot uh, recommend you and your services highly enough. But um, in generalities, we don't need we don't need to, and we don't have time to go through all of the specific uh, services and products that. Um, that uh, you and Guardian offer. But um, in, in, at a high level, uh, tell us a little bit about that, what I would call financial security and peace of mind that you bring to people's lives.
4: Okay, great. Yeah. And by the way, I also want to say that thank you, because I, of everybody in this earth, in and, and the face of the earth, including family, you have referred more people to me than anybody else. You have definitely suggested that at least 100 people, maybe more, so I'm sure they appreciate it, and, but I appreciate it as well. So I, I really well, want it's to That's a good, that. good way of putting it.
2: It is a win-win. That's why I do it. Yeah,
4: it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win, and, and so I appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, basically what we do is we sit down with an individual or a business owner or someone, you know, it, it could be an individual who owns a business or the group in general, and we look at and identify and discuss and study their overall financial situation, And then based on their specifics, we'll, you know, recommend and suggest different ideas to help them get to their goals. So we try to map out goals. We try to design goals. For example, many people just kind of wing it, right? They they Mm -hmm. don't think so much about the future. They just think about the here and now. They think about, well, if I can get by right now, then I'm okay. And unfortunately, there are many people who are living, you know, they're earning less than what their expenses are, right? So they're sometimes going into debt in order to cover expenses. So, you know, that's an unfortunate situation. I don't, I, I, I'm not, my expertise is not working in that area. There are people who do work in that area to help people try to adjust their expenses and so on and so forth. What we do more is work with people who will have discretionary income, which means that we all earn money and then we all spend money. And hopefully we're earning more than we spend and so that difference between what we bring in on a monthly basis and what we spend on a monthly basis—that's called discretionary income. And we help to identify, first of all, we'll try to figure out what that amount is, and then what are ways to allocate that amount to different goals that what, that someone might have. For example, uh, retirement, putting money aside for one's future, for their kids, for their kids' education, for future events, weddings. Bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, or you know, any any future of if someone wants to buy a boat, or they're looking to buy a house in another country, or another state, or a vacation home, what are the best ways to put money aside Absolutely. to get, yeah. And and and,
2: and 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 Chaim, I, I I want to cut you off only because I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can reach you, um, because uh, there is no one size fits all um, as it relates to uh, to uh, to advisors like yourself. It is so important that uh, that that everybody finds somebody that they can trust, and I can tell you that uh, that uh, you have been somebody that that we have been able to trust, and we appreciate um, all of that guidance that you've provided, as you said, to the hundreds and hundreds of people um, that I've, you know, I know that you have worked with. So, uh, right. Chaim Suss, uh, I know you provide services and um, products through uh, through Guardian, um, but can you uh, share your contact information so our listeners can find you?
4: Sure, yeah. And just um, as far as it's so, I'm affiliated with Guardian, and, and we work with that, those, you know, that's insurance products, but we deal with a lot of other kinds of, a, you know, securities products and stocks, and that's offered to our broker dealer, Parker Avenue Securities. And, but we work with many, many companies in addition to Guardian. If you can share um, the
2: contact be, information, because we're about to be cut off by a commercial break.
4: 847 674 9470, Howard Suss at W that's usfinancial.com
2: appreciate all that you do thank you for the helpful guidance and advice we'll be back and get down to business but again check out uh howard Chaim Suss. Uh, we'll be right back and get down to business hey welcome back chicago we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship here and get down to business and i am absolutely thrilled to bring in a subject matter expert uh sherry quam taylor uh, a consultant a expert an advisor to all things nonprofit. And for all of our listeners, you know how uh, passionate I am about businesses supporting community, um, but it's also about sustainable organizations, sustainable uh, organizations within our community. And uh, our guest certainly knows a thing or two about that. Sherry, welcome to the program. Hey, Shalom. How are you tonight? I'm fantastic. It's great to have you. And uh, I mean what I say. Thank you. Uh, you have. Uh, you have educated me, and you have educated so many uh, organizations that I uh, that I uh, that I'm so proud to support. Um, but you are a uh, if I were to sum it up, you are an educator because you teach nonprofits, Sherry. I love to, as I always say, get to know the person behind the microphone. Can you tell our listeners about yourself?
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, here in Chicagoland. I'm with you, Shalom, and in essence, I teach nonprofit leaders who usually have backgrounds in their mission or their programs or their their, uh, their mission expertise, I would call, but don't necessarily love the fundraising part. And so I help them, you know, overcome those fears and that dread and really help them start bringing in larger gifts from individuals. And I personally got into this, uh, gosh, over a decade ago um, when I was working in corporate and I became super passionate about an organization overseas that I just – you know, I became one of those full-time volunteers, if you will, and uh, I started volunteering for them, and it just, it, it evolved into my, my career, and uh, I had success growing that organization, and in that, I started meeting with other leaders um, who, you know, had, had uh, jumped into nonprofit and kind of found themselves over on this side of the sector and um, were struggling with a lot of the same things that I had struggled with, and so I started my business. Over eight years ago, to literally come alongside organizations and specifically leaders and educate them as you said on how do you really fully fund your organization? how do you approach planning in a way every year that that sets you up for success, and then how do you how do you ask for money that kind of dreaded question oh right?
2: yeah and and sherry i I know that you have uh, First of all, I can relate on the whole uh, on the whole, uh, you know, full time (laughs) volunteer thing. And, uh, you know, nonprofit work to many of us is addictive and it's really because of the impact. And I know that that's really uh, where you help uh, your your leaders of nonprofits get to Uh, different organizations focus on different missions. But ultimately, uh, it's really the same principles hold true. And I think it's I think it's so incredible Um, what you do. So Sherry, I have to ask you coming from the corporate world, coming into nonprofit, what, um, what principles uh, are transferable between the uh, between the business world uh, to nonprofit? Or is it two totally different animals?
3: You know, I I know, this is like, you just asked me like a really controversial question in the sector. But, you know, Shalom, there's, uh, to me, there are so many more uh, commonalities than than differences. And, uh, I think that the, maybe the proof in that is that so many people who are in nonprofit today, like they didn't start here. And so, you know, the, the organization that I joined years ago, and, and frankly, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but it really, I was, I was almost creating the methodology that I teach today. Um, but the organization I had had left my corporate career in and joined, you know, it was, it was a lot of like. Um, I realized just a lot of the approach was very reactive. Um, It was very, well, we'd love (laughs) a great idea. We'd love to do that, but we don't have the funding. So, you know, we can't let ourselves think like that or we can't plan for that. And I really think maybe from day one kind of pushed against a lot of the misconceptions of the sector that, that, you know, really says that nonprofits should be able to do more on less. I just, that's not the truth, right? And so I pushed against that from day one and really approached it probably a little bit more like a business where you have to spend money to make money. We need to spend money on infrastructure and staff and office and admin so that we can raise more money. So that we can have more emission impact,
2: and and so, the proof is in the pudding because yeah. your your recipe works. The the outcome, the cake, <laughs> it as it might be, it really does produce that. And on your website, which we'll share with our listeners shortly, you talk about some of those examples. But Sherry, from the call it consumer or rather from the from the donor supporter yeah. perspective, because I believe that probably every single one of our listeners are supporters of different organizations, whether it's animal rescue, or whether it's, um, you know, immigration, um, you know, legal yeah. aid groups, or whatever the case may be, what should they be looking for when they see nonprofits? There's a lot of great guides that are out there. What What's the sign of a well-run organization?
3: It's so good. And, and I'll also say during 2020, thank you to everybody who has stepped up to the plate. You know, like, uh, I mean, it, I have seen the generosity of people. It's really been humbling for me to watch. So thank you to everybody who has said, ooh, I need to do more. So mm-hmm. I want to say that too. Um, you know what I, I would say? I, this is totally a counterintuitive answer, but hear me out. Healthy and growing nonprofits don't only spend money on their programs. They don't only spend money on serving people. They spend money on growing healthy businesses that then serve people. And so if I'm a donor, I actually don't think it's great when – people are promoting, oh, we send 95% to the field and we're, we're you know, all your money is going to go to program, that's not going to be sustainable. And so to me, a sustainable organization is actually an organization who is, um, you know, on a growth trajectory because they are investing in all three areas of their organization, their programs, their admin and ops, and their fundraising. And, and it's, it's good for organizations to do that. Groups who do that scale, become fully funded, and actually have greater mission impact in the long run.
2: And and Sherry, it's, as you're talking, I am thinking. By the way, those lessons hold true for small businesses too. Growing <laughs> small businesses, ultimately, yes, you need to invest in, as you said, that you know that mission. And the admin ops and the substitute fundraising for sales. So I see a lot of similarities there, which is uh, which is awesome. So Sherry, you you have so much information um, that I, I love getting your emails. By the way, I think I just got one literally as we were coming on the air. So many tips, <laughs> tricks, and advice, and it's it's so awesome. But Sherry, if there's one thing that you wanted a uh, perhaps a, a entrepreneur, but by that I mean in the nonprofit space, space a social entrepreneur. To, uh, to know as they get their organization started, what would that one lesson be?
3: Yeah. My, my one thing I would say is how you create your budget, your expense side, and your income has so much more to do with raising funds than you think. Like off, I, my first step with people, uh, which is funny because, you know, they kind of hire me to help them on the income side, but I'm straight to the expense. hmm are you raising to the right number and so many times when I talk to people and I always use round numbers uh, so you don't make me do math here shalom but you know I 'll say hey so what, what do you need this year like what's your, what's your budget and I will get a lot of well you know last year we brought in a millions we 'd love to do a million one we hope we could but when I dig deeper, we quickly realize that that's not actually helping you grow when you've kind of skimmed here and this is kind of squeaked by here. And you know what, I think we actually should be raising to a 1.2 or 1.5. So then and only then can you create a real income plan to hit that 1.2 or, you know, 1.3. And so budgeting and your approach and your comfort level with investing and budgeting for your organization has way more to do with fundraising than people think. I I always start with the budgeting.
2: I love it, Sherry. So many great lessons there. And uh, again, I cannot emphasize enough that um, whether, uh, certainly there's many transferable lessons over here, but whether you are a nonprofit executive yourself or you are involved in organizations, it's in your best interest to make sure that you are growing sustainably, that you are investing in all the right places and there's nobody better to advise you and lead you and educate, as we said, um, then uh, Sherry Quam-Taylor. Sherry, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on the air, but um, for those uh, for those uh, folks, listeners that want to subscribe to your emails, learn more about your approach, or even get in touch, what's the best way to reach you?
3: Yeah, hop over on my website. It's www.quamtaylor.com. That's Q-U-A-M and Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. And uh, you'll find information over there on my coaching. I do 90-day fundraising accelerators. I have a actually really fun new professional development course for development directors coming out next week so uh, they can find me over there i have a lot of free playbooks and um you know i'll also just mention that i'm on linkedin a lot <laughs> as you know yes, you are. um so i share a lot of content on linkedin so find me over there and i'd love to just chat with you
2: i'll check out the website dot thank you so much sherry for joining us um and sharing your expertise with us um, be back. Have a great evening and uh, we're going to squeeze in some headlines and a quick break and after that break we will be more we will be joined by more guests all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomfind.com. Get Down to Business we will be back with this quick break. Hey, welcome back. Chicago, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by an amazing amazing professional Mirari Simeon, um, joins me live on the air, Mirari, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. It's
2: absolutely. It's such a pleasure. You have uh, something uh, big coming up, and we're going to get there in just a moment. But uh, firstly, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Absolutely. First and foremost, I'm a wife, a mother, I'm the co-founder of Color Forward Podcast, the founder of the Activate Conference, and I'm the vice president of diversity and engagement for PepsiCo North America.
2: Uh, Amazing. And do you mind uh, telling us just a little bit about that piece? Uh, Explain your role um, at, uh, at PepsiCo?
0: Absolutely. I'm currently responsible for setting the diversity and inclusion agenda and partnering with the business partners to really bring diversity and inclusion to life. And as you can imagine, it has been a really busy few months.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you for the good work that you are doing. And I have heard a uh, little birdie told me that you are presenting uh, the Activate Conference for the first time. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about that conference and what inspired you to join that, uh, that amazing gathering?
0: Absolutely. One of the things that I found traveling around the country is that there are many women out there that are not leveraging their godly given gifts. And I believe that every woman has these gifts, but society and even sometimes just things, the environment that we're in or things that loved ones may have told us, have, uh, we have actually put those gifts aside. So one of my purposes is to ensure that the women realize that they have gifts, they have pressure gifts, and through healing, elevation, respect for themselves they can activate these and transform to be the better the better self oh, the better them
2: and hence the name activate and that's an incredible incredible lesson and i hope that everybody that attends the conference will walk away with uh, with some of the strong lessons and um, I also have heard that you have a uh, podcast, and I actually checked it out uh, this week, uh, Color Forward, which highlights successful women who have overcome cultural adversity and master the art of resilience. Can you tell our uh, our listeners a little bit about some of the women that you've interviewed and why it's important and why you get so much energy out of sharing those stories?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh- The reason why we started the podcast is because I know what it feels to be the only one at the table, sometimes the only one in the room, and I thought it would be great to bring the voices of so many other women that are experiencing the same things. And I wanted other women to know that they were not alone. So from Leanne Roberts, who's the founder of She Loves Tech, she's the world's largest startup competition for women in technology, to Sabina Ewing, who's the CIO of Pfizer, or Jackie Camacho, who's the CIO of JJR Marketing. Those are only a few of the women who may be the only ones at the table, but they are just inspiring. They're resilient, and they're making a difference not only in their companies but in our communities. And that just fills me up with so much more energy to continue to do what I do. I
2: hear the energy even as you just talk about it. And I, I've only listened to a couple of the uh, of the episodes, and I cannot wait to hear more. And I cannot recommend. Uh, the podcast Color Forward enough. Um, but just high level, um, as, uh, as we wrap up our segment, I, w- I do want to make sure that our listeners can walk away with, uh, with a little bit of a lesson. And diversity and inclusion are very important to workplaces around the country. What are some of the trends that you're seeing referring to um, diversity and inclusion?
0: You know, the one that I would highlight is cultural intelligence. And what I would say is today, more than ever, it is critical for our leaders to be agile when it comes to cultural intelligence. And what that is, it actually empowers leaders to serve our communities and acknowledge someone's identity. You know, people many times um, misunderstand other folks, other people, and it is only through getting to know them, through having meaningful conversations, that leaders will be encouraged to dialogue and really help Others that are different than us. I would say that's probably the biggest one that we could do today is just get more agile, get to know other people that are different than us.
2: Absolutely, and uh, and and Marari, I have to ask. I know that uh, your Christian faith uh, plays a big role in your life. Um, can you tell us how it influences your very busy professional life and and you know all <laughs> of your speaking that you're doing and everything?
0: Absolutely, and to summarize, it is early in my life. What drove to my professional achievements was that I wanted to escape poverty. One of the things that I did, that I realized is that once I achieved a great profession, and once I had all those great things, I realized that I did not have peace. And it wasn't until I turned 38 that I gave my life to Christ. And I actually started what I would say living my life. I experienced peace. And since then, He hasn't left me. And that's what I want women to see. I want them to know that how God sees them like the apple of his eye
2: incredible incredible message uh faith inspiration um and uh that's just beautiful Marari, is there uh anywhere where you want our listeners to check out I know you've got your podcast and of course uh the Activate Conference coming up um where would you like listeners to uh to get in touch with you
0: Absolutely. They can reach me at merarisimian.com and they can find everything about the conference, about me, or the podcast there.
2: Oh, so exciting. Merari Simeon, you are an inspiration. I appreciate your lessons and all that you're doing. Check out merarisimian.com and I'll uh, link through, uh, through our website um, to make sure people know how to find you. But congratulations on all of your success, and can't wait to hear from you real soon. Thank you. Have a great night. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to be joined after this quick break by Ross Gordon, uh, CEO of Catchco. Uh, Great conversation with a true entrepreneurial success after this quick break. Chicago, don't touch that dial. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. You can download all of our podcasts. We'll be right back. So I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time uh, because uh, this uh, my next guest's name has come up uh, for a while, and then I actually heard uh, he did an interview on uh, on another podcast, and I realized how jealous I was, and I'm willing to admit it. So I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Ross Gordon, the CEO and founder of CatchCo. Ross, welcome to the program.
1: Shalom, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the program.
2: Absolutely, Ross. um, You are uh, first of all on your LinkedIn, you uh, in your about section. Um, which I believe uh, needs to be succinct, you really summarize it well, rescuing people from the indoors. And I absolutely love that. Ross, um, you are the CEO and founder of a, uh, a fishing company. Can you tell us what got you into that world?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in Minnesota as a kid, and there were three lakes within 10 minutes of my house so as a kid fishing was just part of life something you know my dad taught me when i was younger something i do with friends on the weekend and really just fell in love with the outdoors as a kid and so fishing has been a passion of mine since i was young and as i got older and you know started to learn the ins and outs of fishing and eventually um, started my career in digital marketing as i progressed through my career And I was working on things I was far less passionate about. I always had in the back of my mind been trying to think of a way to work on something that was, you know, tied to one of my passions. And, um, you know, I I had a different company in a different industry that I had sold, and I was thinking about what to do next. And one of the things that always frustrated me in fishing is just how complicated of a category this is, especially for people who are new to fishing. But even if you've been fishing your whole life, it can be very overwhelming to figure out. What to fish, where to fish, how to use it, what kind of species you're going to catch. And so I thought, you know, there's got to be an easier way. To do this, to get people into the sport, and so I started my first company, Mystery Tackle Box, which was a month a monthly fishing subscription, which has now become Kesco, which is you know much larger than a company related division. Uh,
2: it's it's awesome, and I I think I told you uh, earlier last week that uh, I'll actually give him a shout out. My uh, as our listeners know, I, I serve in the Army Reserve, and so uh, my uh, platoon sergeant, shout out to uh, Sergeant First Class John Um He is a he's a regular. Uh, Fisherman, and um, I, uh, I wanted to get him a gift, and it turns out that he's already a subscriber of yours and a big, big fan, and I, I hear this repeatedly, which again leads back to my jealousy of uh, bringing you onto the show. So you have, um, you have certainly uh, learned a number of lessons in entrepreneurship. It happens to be, I think, sounds like a dream job for you, where you're bringing your love for the outdoors and your love um, for, uh, of course, entrepreneurship and business ownership uh, together, but what were some of the lessons you've learned along the way? in pursuing that dream?
1: Yeah, that that's a really good question. And there's obviously so many different things I've learned. You know, I started this company eight years ago, but before that I started a different company called Craft Jack. Before that I was doing internet marketing for myself. And so i been at startups and digital marketing in one form or another. And there's there's so much I've learned. I think there's one or two things that I always tell other kind of aspiring entrepreneurs when they're asking me questions, and I think the first thing that I always tell people is recognize that your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. And this isn't something I thought of. Somebody told this to me one time, and it's, it's probably from a book out there, but um, it was such a powerful idea because as an entrepreneur, when you first start a company, there's so many things that you're working on. You're literally struggling to get everything off the ground. You're you're juggling. You know so many balls in the air you're wearing so many hats you have to do all these things but at some point you start to understand what you're really good at and what makes you special and what's going to make your company special but then also at some point you'll understand that there's an inverse effect of that and that the things that make you special are also going to cause your your weaknesses and a great example of this for me one of my strengths has always been my creativity and my ability to come up with a number of ideas um, for, for something i'm working on and that's really been a big part of our success is how we've approached this industry and some of the creative things we've done. But on the flip side of that, sometimes you know I'm too creative and I think of too many ideas for something and I get distracted when I should be focusing on something. Um, and it, it took me a long time to realize this and to, and to start to train myself to look out for these pitfalls I would get myself in continually. So, so idea your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Um, I think one one other idea and I actually posted something on my LinkedIn, uh, I think it was actually this morning about this, but it has to do with finding the things that you're both good at and passionate about. This is this is not just for entrepreneurs, but anyone in their career. If they can identify both the things that they're passionate about and the things they are good at and focus their career on that, they will not only be incredibly successful, but they're going to have an incredibly meaningful and happy career. And too many people get stuck either doing things that they're good at, but they don't enjoy. Or focus on things they enjoy, but maybe they're not their strengths. But if you can find a way to align those things, you're you're really setting yourself up for success. It's a very powerful combination: of passion and skill.
2: Oh, uh, it's you know, and I love that you are uh, self-reflective on, uh, and you share a lot of that, by the way, on on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, uh, learning from your. Uh, mistakes and 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 learning how to grow and that certainly has been it sounds like part of that evolution um and uh companies continue to grow and that's some great entrepreneurial advice so we're going to squeeze in a quick break but before we do that um ross you still love to fish and you still love to be in the outdoors where's your uh where's your favorite uh destination your favorite escape i should say um when you want to get out of the office
1: no, that's a, you know, that's a great question. There's so many local lakes that I tend to fish that, that I fish because they're close to me, but they're not great fishing, especially in the Chicago land area. If I'm really looking to fish somewhere good, I'll try to go somewhere up in Wisconsin and have some really great locations. Um, Lake Geneva can be fun, Lake Delavan. But I was actually up in Sturgeon Bay this um, springtime, and I went smallmouth Bass fishing there, and it was one of the most incredible fishing days I've ever had. So now it's kind of on my list of places I need to continue to go back to. Ah
2: uh, to fish oh, that's that's exciting and uh, and at any point uh, in your journeys, um have you come across uh, subscribers uh, to mystery tackle box?
1: oh, absolutely. it's it's actually one of the most meaningful and fun things that happens to me. whether I'm out fishing, I see people wearing a mystery tackle box t-shirt or um, one time I was fishing uh, earlier this summer. And it was actually it was bittersweet. There was one of our boxes was on the ground, so someone had thrown it. It fell out of the trash. So oh boy! Put in the trash. It was. Oh, yeah, it was bittersweet because it was kind of littering, but it was it was cool. I mean, it was unintentional intentional. It fell out of yeah. like the trash, but it was cool just to see our box. Just that's awesome. There, Ross you know, Gordon, um,
2: we're going to be back with you in just a moment. Got to squeeze in a quick commercial break. We'll be chatting again. Ross Gordon, CEO and founder of CatchGo. After this quick break. Welcome back. I'm thrilled to be rejoined by the founder and CEO of uh, Catchco, Catch Company, uh, Ross Gordon. Ross, um, we were just chatting about uh, some of your favorite destinations and uh, places where you see some of the subscribers to Mystery Tackle Box. But let's get into what is Mystery Tackle Box. Um, it's, I realize it's supposed to be a mystery, but, um, but there are different packages that are available. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the evolution and sort of how that idea was formed? And, you know, a little bit about what that subscriber looks like. What is the profile of somebody that should be subscribing to a monthly mystery at their doorstep?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Mystery Tackle Box, we just celebrated our eight-year anniversary. So we started eight years ago out of a garage um, with just a simple idea of an easy way to simplify fishing for, for people who are passionate about the sport, wanted to learn new techniques, um, get a great deal in products, and, and have uh, another company basically help guide them through this complicated process. I think what we've learned and what surprised us over the past couple of Um, year since we started is that our customer base is is so much broader than we ever would have imagined. A lot of people when we first started said, well, this is only something that's good for beginners or someone just getting into fishing. And what we actually find is most of our subscribers are people who have already been fishing for a long time. They're intermediate anglers. Some of them are are expert anglers. They're fishing local bass tournaments um, competitively, but they just love our box because, A, they say it's like Christmas once a month. It's just if you love fishing and you're passionate about it, getting a lure sent to you every month is just exciting and fun. You'll come across some new products that you may not have been familiar with from, from other parts of the country or sometimes even other parts of the world. So that's a lot of fun, uh, but it's a great gift. We have a lot of people who buy it for their spouses, for their children, for their parents, um, for for their coworkers, as, you know, in your case, um, you mentioned. But um, really, it's it's great for people who, who love fishing, or getting interested in fishing. If you're fishing for the very first time you've never fished before, it's probably not the product for you. There's probably a little bit of a learning curve where you would have already have some information, but aside from that, it's, it's really good for all types of anglers.
2: And it sounds like you have fun, you and your team, um, which certainly that's the other part of entrepreneurship is you've been able to grow a, uh, an amazing, amazing, talented uh, group of folks that uh, surround you. Um, but it sounds like it's a lot of fun Source some of the products, as you just said, from around the country. Um, what's that experience like?
1: Yeah, it's been amazing. There's a trade show every year called ICAST. It's the biggest trade show in the fishing industry in Orlando, although this year it was remote, but it's in July and and fishing manufacturers from around the country and from around the world come and show all the latest and greatest products. It's a great opportunity for us to see everything new that's coming out to market um, and really bring some exciting stuff to our customers. We've also started within the Ketchco umbrella as we've grown a number of our own product brands. So because we have such a strong relationship with our consumers. They give us a lot of feedback on what are the kind of products they like, what don't they like, and we've been able to create some really exciting products and brands that have performed very well, and we actually sell those in exporting Sporting Goods in Walmart, you know the, the big box stores as
2: well. Yeah, and you gather all that feedback to, uh, and and it, it, you, you're able to bring a better experience to uh, to your customers, to your, your subscribers. So, Ross, we're running out of time. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find out all about this amazing mystery tackle box and all about the brands under the Catchco umbrella. Um, Ross, can you share a website and any contact information?
1: Yeah, sure. mysterytacklebox.com is the uh, subscription product. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, catchco.com. says all the different brands that we've created, the different shopping experiences, and you can follow us on the same social media site.
2: Well, appreciate you sharing your entrepreneurial lessons, your fishing advice, and all that good stuff. Ross, come back in uh, on the program real soon.
1: Shalom, thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And to success, let's get down to business. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past Six-plus years of the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. And we'll be back next week with a brand-new episode, some great lineup. Success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer.